It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a really amazing show. I'll introduce my guests shortly. I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It's going to be terrific. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I typically do this every single week. And lately, I've been reflecting on gratitude and how important that is. And if you've ever wondered why you don't always have what you want, there's a chance you might not be grateful enough for what you have. And I had Jack Canfield on my show a couple years ago, two, three years ago, and I've shared on this before, but it's worth sharing again. One of the things I asked him is, why does the law of attraction not always work? And he gave me three very insightful answers. Number one, we might have self-limiting beliefs around the thing that we want. In other words, if your goal is to have a $100 million business and you don't really honestly think you can do that, then you're not going to attract that in your life because you have a self-limiting belief around that. Number two, you might not be operating on the same frequency as the thing you're asking for. If you are looking for something really wonderful to happen in your life, but you are trying to manifest something from a space of sadness and depression and and hopelessness, you're not going to attract that either because you're just not operating on that same frequency. You have to operate from a place of love and joy and happiness and peace. And finally, number three, why the law of attraction doesn't always work is because you're not taking enough action. If you think about the word attraction, the last six letters, A-C-T-I-O-N, spells action. Not a coincidence. So those are reasons why the law of attraction doesn't always work. And so you you have to be grateful and you have to ask from a place of gratitude. And I think it's so, so important, not just because of getting what you want, but because it's just the right thing to do. You're in peace. Uh, it's, it's a happier state to be in. And so if you find that you're in a place where things aren't going where you want them to go, ask yourself if you're grateful. If Are you grateful for where you are? Because it can always get worse. But I really do encourage you to do this. You'll be so very glad you did. And with all this in mind, I do want to introduce my guest, his name is Tommy Powers. Let me tell you about him. Tommy's known as the traffic and conversion scientist. His friends, clients, and coaching students all call him Tommy Traffic because he's a master of buying and converting traffic from places such as Google AdWords, Facebook, Bing, online media outlets, and more. Entrepreneurship has been such a huge passion for him. He's the co-author of the book, Hashtag Code Bytes, Conversations with Internet Entrepreneurs, and he stays on the forefront of what he's working on in digital marketing and shares that with his newsletter subscribers and clients. We will discuss a lot of this today on the show. And so here we are with my guest, Tommy Powers. Tommy, how are you today? I am phenomenal. How are you today? Fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. It's an honor and a privilege to have you on the show. Great. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So the first thing I always ask people is just tell us a little bit about how you got started. What's your backstory, your background? What are some of the things that you overcame and learned and uh, what brought you to where you are now? Wow. Like my backstory is so crazy. Uh, but really with the Internet stuff, um, I I did some stuff back in high school. I did some eBay, some stuff like that. Um, 
in the early 2000s, but I never really took it serious or anything like that. Um, and so you asked about overcoming some things. Really, for me, uh, the turning point was 2007. I had congestive heart failure. Oh. And <clears throat> because of that, um, being in management, I was in a management career. Um, they were pretty much like, you won't be able to work in management, you know, this, that, and the other. You know, long story short, um, I I didn't have a job after that. I was I was trying to find a way to provide for my family. At the time, I had two kids. I got three now, but um, at that time, I had two married. And, yeah, I was just looking for a way to, you know, so I knew this Internet stuff because I had dabbled around. I knew it was real. I just never really focused on it. And so my back was up against a wall, you know, and a lot of, you know, uh, basically you can say. And so that really what propelled me to say, all right, I'm going to take this thing serious. I know it's something and I feel like I don't have a lot of options. Let me try to do as much as I can to make this thing work. And, and that's kind of where it got started at. And then from there, I mean, I've been doing it ever since. That's been yeah. 11 years now. Wow. So how did you decide that Internet marketing was the place you wanted to start and thrive? Like I said, I had had some dabbled around in high school. Um, I was in the NASA Space Grant program in high school, man. So I, I started wow. out as a computer engineer. Of course. Um, but I didn't like coding. You know, that's kind of why I ended up. Well, I mean, partly because I flunked out of the, I kind of like was flunking out of college. When I got to college, I was in that program and I was partying and all of that kind of stuff, too. Mm -hmm. So that kind of, you know, kind of helped. But I ended up changing my major to business because I didn't like Mm -hmm. I liked coding, but I didn't I couldn't see it as a career for myself sitting behind a computer, you know, whatever. I wanted to be around people. I wanted to, yeah. you know, I'm an extrovert. I like to, you know, I'm a, I'm energy driven and I like to yeah. be around people. So that's why I ended up changing my major. So <clears throat> but, you know, through all of that, I was always connected to technology and, you know, and all of that stuff. So fast forward after I graduated college and moved to Atlanta and was working, I got into eBay. So I made, you know, a little money on eBay. I probably was making, you know, two, three thousand dollars a month, five grand a month every now and then. You know, the margins were really cool. I was just reselling stuff on eBay. So if I made five K, I probably would pocket maybe 20, 30 percent of that. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, so that was like a little part time hustle. Um, but I never really took this stuff, you know, serious. And so when the heart failure happened, it kind of forced me to be like, all right, what's your next move going to be? Mm -hmm. I can't make another misstep. I don't really have a lot of options. I can't really do management according to what the doctors are telling me, right? Like I need to, you know, so I figured if I can make this internet thing work, I can build a business from home. I can be with my kids. I can have more freedom. And uh, um, that's kind of why I was like, all right, let me really try to figure this out. And so I was trying a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, Google AdWords and affiliate marketing. And it really was AdWords because affiliate marketing was cool. But when I started doing AdWords with it, when I saw the interface and I saw the numbers and all of that, I, I was like mesmerized because I'm a, you know, a numbers, I'm a numbers guy. You know, I'm a mm -hmm. data guy like I, like the whole NASA Space Grant program was really um, I have this. They would say that I was able to do like recognizing patterns is what I was yeah. kind of doing in that. And this really was that. I mean, I didn't know. I didn't know the connection to the two at the time. I just knew like this is fascinating. Yeah. If I could figure this out, 
I could, I could, I, I like this. Like I could see yeah. me doing this for the rest of my life, kind of. Yeah. You know. So when you talk about recognizing patterns, you're talking about recognizing what types of people buy stuff, when people click out if they're not interested, what causes that? All everything. It's it's in the data is where the money at. Yes. You know, and, and if you look at Facebook right now, what's the big thing they're talking about? Data privacy. Yes. Because Facebook has been monetizing the, like, like Facebook is a five hundred billion dollar company. Mm-hmm. They're a data company. <laughs> Google mm-hmm. is a eight hundred billion dollar. They're a data company. You know, so data is where the real value exists. But finding that data, um, you know, you got to be able to study that data and understand, you know, what's good and what's not. And traffic is just a way to get that. So when you're driving traffic to your site, you're getting conversions. You're getting all of this data, you know, so mm-hmm. it's, it's telling you everything from who's buying, where they live, what they like to click, what they don't like to click. Yeah. You know, they talk back to you. Your ads talk back to you on Facebook. Right. So, yes, it's a lot. It's like so much stuff. Um, I yeah. could go on and on and on. But, yeah, yeah. It's, data is everything. Great. Do you remember your first client? My first client. Oh, man. I mean, when when you get your first client, you f- you feel like your proof of concept is validated a little bit, right? Actually, for me, it was the affiliate marketing, so it wasn't a client. It was I remember my first sale. It was a thirty three dollar conversion. <laughs> no, oh. it was a it was a forty seven dollar conversion, but um, it was worth like um, thirty three whatever it was. The commission for me was thirty three bucks. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I had throw, I had spent probably like two or three thousand dollars testing AdWords and hadn't made a dime. And then that day happened. And I was like, oh my God, it worked. And my wife was like, oh my God, you are out of your mind. <laughs> I spent three thousand dollars to make thirty dollars. That don't make no sense to me. You this guy's losing his mind. She thought I was crazy. <laughs> yeah. But you knew you were betting on yourself. Correct. And that's important. You have to bet on yourself because if you don't bet on yourself, you can't expect other people to bet on yourself, on you. 100%. Absolutely. We've got about two, two and a half minutes to our break. And so I want to ask you the difference between a business and a hustle. What do you think that is? Um, I think we all hustling. I, I used to say a hustle, you know, I don't, I'm tired of hustling, but um, I've met people all the way up the food chain, like literally billionaires, and they are they still got the hustle mentality. Um, I think a business, you know, the difference between that is is really like it's it's uh, it's sustainable. It's something that generates uh, revenue without with or without you. You know, what I'm mm-hmm. saying if you hustling when you if you like purely hustling, either you get up and hustle or you know you don't make. It's like keep what you kill mentality, like. If you don't go out and hunt, you don't eat that day. Right. But a business is someone else is out there hunting, so I'm going to eat. You know what I mean? Right. And and I look at a business as if I'm employing people. Like, to me, a real entrepreneurship is creating opportunities for other people. So Mm -hmm. if I just have a one-man band and I'm over here doing my thing, that's cool. I'm an entrepreneur. You can say that, but not until you really, like, bringing other, you know, creating opportunities for other people. That's, you know, because that's what the spirit of entrepreneurship is, in my opinion. Absolutely. And I remember reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad with Robert Kiyosaki. And he said, if if one million people, if, if three million people started a business and they all employed three people each, that would solve our unemployment problem really fast. Well, yep. That would be 
That'd be awesome. Okay, we are coming up against our first break. My very special guest this week is Tommy Powers. He is the traffic and conversion scientist. We will talk about video ad marketing. This is all the rage now, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on Facebook. We will ask him which platform he prefers, maybe the advantages and disadvantages of using each, uh, what makes a good Facebook ad campaign or a video ad campaign, and we will talk about so much more. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will come right back after the break. Please stay with us. to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Are you stressed out? Because if you are, you're not alone. In fact, research shows that over 73% of all Americans report symptoms of stress, which is a key factor contributing to mental and physical illness. And that stress is usually related to work, money, or relationships. Up until now, the solution to combat the effects of stress have been delivered through pharmaceutical companies. But now there's a natural way to solve this problem without the harmful side effects. The Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement contains natural ingredients proven to reduce cortisol, also known as the stress hormone, which causes damage to our body. And unlike prescriptions, your satisfaction is guaranteed with a 100% money-back offer on all orders. In addition, a portion of all proceeds goes to PTSD research, and as a bonus, all purchases will include a free copy of the new ebook, The Survival Guide to Living with Stress. So get the Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement today at www.screwstress.com. Click the Amazon logo. It'll take you where you need to go. Once again, that is www.screwstress.com. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Tommy Powers. And we will be talking about converting traffic. And we'll be talking about video marketing in this segment. And for those of you that don't know, I had a book come out recently called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, uh, which highlights some of my favorite guests that I had on my show. It's available on Amazon. You can buy it in Barnes & Noble in the bookstores. And I'm so beyond excited. This is my third book. So check it out. Please do. You can also download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes for free anytime you want. I would love it if you would be willing to do that too. So Tommy, tell us about video marketing. I don't know a lot about this. I know what's going on. I don't know much about putting together a campaign. So first of all, tell us how you got interested in in this aspect of internet marketing. Um, so I was already buying ads uh, since 2007, um, probably by 2010, 
I'd probably managed a million dollars um, of other, you know, other people's money. Um, some of it was my money. I spent, I did quite well with affiliate marketing for a while, but it wasn't until I started working with clients where I started having access to big, big, big budgets, you know. And um, so <clears throat> fast forward, you know, 2012, I probably spent a few million dollars at that point. Now I'm kind of in this zone of kind of where the puck is going. You know, that whole Wayne Gretzky, they ask him, you know, he's always saying, you know, he's not trying to go where the puck is at. He's trying to go where the puck is going. Right. So that what made me really look at YouTube. And I was really sitting down and studying kind of the market and these tech companies. And I was like, you know, video is like TV is going to be on the Internet. That's, that's what's happening. So in my mind, I was like, let me go over here on YouTube and 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 even if I don't make it work, like I'm just gonna dabble around with it, you know, and see, you know, what it is and what it's about. Cause I wanna get, you know, kind of get ahead of the curve. You know, maybe I won't figure it out right now or whatever, but let me let me do that because I can see that TV is coming to the internet. That was really my mindset. So I started messing around with YouTube ads around 2012. And uh, you know, by 2014, uh, we had spent that first million dollars on YouTube. Wow. So was, I mean, there's a learning curve to everything. So how did your first campaign go? Oh, I, would, I mean, <laughs> what did you learn? I, oh, I learned, uh, I learned a lot of things. I learned, uh, the big thing that I learned was video, um, you know, with, with running like banner ads and stuff like that. Like your, your, your ad creative is a big deal. And I learned like with YouTube, like your video ad creative is a big deal. But the problem at that time, and it's still an issue now, is that video is really expensive to create. You know, so if I want to split test 15 different ad creatives, when it comes to video, I need 15 videos versus 15 images. You know what I mean? If I'm running yes. like a banner. So I learned really early on, like, wow, okay, I got to figure out how to overcome being able to follow my process of how I do things. Because video is is a lot more involved, just in terms of like creating videos to running your ads and testing different things, and then you got to get someone to edit it and all of this kind of stuff. That's yeah. really what you know struck me. Yeah. So we hear about A B testing. You're basically mm -hmm. testing two options. You you there's a control and there's a variable. And there's so many variables in making a video. There's the person in front of the camera. There's uh, if you're advertising a product, you know, what does that product look like? What's your demographic? Uh, how long should the video be? I mean, you test for all of these things, right? Yeah, for sure. Do you think that long form videos test better than short form videos or the other way around? It depends on your product. It depends on your offer. So what are you, what's the thing? So the offer is what someone is getting. So you could have a product a product is one thing, but then you can put your product into an offer because now you're stacking kind of everything that comes along with that. That's how you create your offer, right? So anyway, that's a whole other thing. But the more expensive it is, typically the more conversation you need to have. If it's, like a, if it's like a, um, a, 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 a impulse purchase type thing, especially like e-commerce, which is why I love e-commerce, demonstration type videos like Crush It. You know, you do yeah. like a 30 second, one minute demonstration video on a $50 or less, you know, physical product, e-commerce physical product. I mean, you you can like crush with that. You know, but yeah. if you're selling a 997, you know, information product, whatever the case may be, like that, that's not going to cut it. 
you're going to need a long, you're going to need more conversation. Yeah. So if you're spending an X amount of money on an ad, what type of return helps you define whether that campaign was effective or not? Like a three times return or a 10 times return? Initially, I just want to see if I can get a conversion. So sometimes I might, let's say I have a thing that I'm selling for a hundred bucks. I might spend $500 to see if it even converts because I understand it's not about like I can get the return down the line through optimization. Mm. I just got to find out where the conversions are. Like what are the messaging? What's the targeting? You know what I'm saying? Like a lot, all of those factors. And then once right. I can start, you know, the data starts showing me all of that stuff and through the data, I can optimize my way in. So it's not, it's not about, the return immediately, but you know, long term, you know, it depends. It varies. It depends. I have this thing where I call this like the growth versus ROI spectrum. Yeah. So when you're really, really ROI driven, you're probably looking for that three, four, five x, ten x return because your your primary goal is to be driven by ROI. But when you're talking about people who want to grow, they're not. You know, if you look at like these VC backed companies, because I've had experience working with them. A lot of times they're burning money to grow because they're trying to do they're trying to gain market share. So it's just a different strategy. So it really sure. depends on where you fall on that spectrum. Absolutely. And in terms of scaling, are you believe a big believer in scaling slow or scaling fast? Because I mean, just because you find something that works in one area doesn't always necessarily mean it's going to work somewhere else. So you want to test a bunch of different de demographics, right? I mean, me personally, I want to scale fast. Okay. But that's just, you know, that's not everybody's flavor. But for me, I want to go as fast as possible. Yeah. And identifying your key demographic and capitalizing on that is really key to all of that then, right? Yes. Yes. Demographic. Absolutely. It's a lot of things, though, as well, because it's also how you serve that demographic. Like, how can I serve this customer? How can I create more value for them? The more value you create for them the faster you can run typically as well. So it's mm -hmm. it's other factors as well once you figure out that demographic. Now how can I over deliver and serve and create even more value in their life? Because that's gonna allow me to then do a whole lot more for them, which means I have a whole lot more money to spend to acquire them. Yeah, absolutely. So we've all seen ads on YouTube for years and we're seeing more and more ads on Facebook. Do you have a preferred platform for how you run ads for your clients or for yourself? Nah, I don't, I don't really, to me, traffic is a commodity, mm. right? So if you think about sugar and flour and, you know, any commodity, right? Like you can buy as much of it as you desire, but what are you going to do? If I was going to spend a million dollars on sugar, what, what am I going to do with that? Right? So no one spends a million dollars on sugar without a process to turn that commodity into something of more value. Right. So the way I see traffic is just as a commodity. I don't really care where I get it from. I want to obviously like you could test different ones and you have to evaluate where you want to start. And I do recommend when you're starting, you only focus on one at a time. Mm. But, it, you know, for me, because of where I am in the 11 years that I've been doing this and the magnitude that I've done it, I'm agnostic when it comes to where I get traffic from. I'll get it from anywhere because yeah. in my mind, it's just a commodity. I got to understand what I'm going to do with it before I try to go and get it. So wherever sure. I can find it, I want it. 
You bet. So how long does it take to, how long do you really have to grab someone's attention before they leave? Because I know on Facebook, for example, or not on Facebook, but on YouTube, you have the option of clicking out of that ad after five seconds if you don't like it. But on Facebook, you're stuck. There it is. (laughs) Well, they can scroll past you on Facebook. That's true. So it's about the same. It's about three to five seconds. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether you're on Facebook, the Facebook scroll, I'll tell you something. It's funny. Like, Pay attention to people at stoplights, and you'll notice people with their phones in their hand and their finger, their thumb just flicking. That's that Facebook scroll. They over there scrolling Facebook. <laughs> yep. That's yep. awesome. So in terms of putting together a great campaign, we probably should uh, not neglect that there are some main components. And I would imagine knowing your audience is important, having a solid message, and having a great offer. Do you feel like any one of those is more important than the other, or do you place equal weight on all of them? Well, to me, it's a progression. So it starts with a really a great product or service that you can develop an offer around. Once you have that, then the message needs to be really clear. And if I have those two pieces, then I go and worry about the traffic. But I'm not going to go worrying about traffic if I look at it and I say the messaging is, I don't like the messaging and I don't think this is a great offer. I ain't really gotten into work with. You need something great first because mm-hmm. now my life is so much easier you know so it's a progression in my mind i want to make sure like this is a great thing this is a great offer this is a great product or service like this is going to really create a lot of value in in people's life when we put this in front of them and and get them to use it or whatever so i start there and then yeah. everything else kind of falls in place behind that yeah, I would imagine if you have a great message, but your offer is terrible, you're not going to sell very much. Correct. But if your but if your message is terrible and you've got a great offer, you're not going to convert. Right. So you need them both. You need them both. Absolutely. So we've got less than two minutes to our next break. So I want to ask: in the 11 years that you've been doing this, in your experience, what are the biggest mistakes you see people make when trying to get new customers in their business online? They don't know their numbers. Hmm. They don't know their margins. They don't know their customer acquisition costs. They don't, they don't, they don't know their numbers. Like that's the number one thing that so many people get wrong. And you'd be amazed at how many people you talk to. They just don't, they don't know. And I mean, I'm talking, I've sat down with eight figure companies who don't really have a handle on their numbers and they're wondering why they're sputtering, you know, now like they've hit a ceiling. Um, they don't they don't know their numbers. You got to know your numbers. Absolutely. We are coming up against our next break. I can't believe how quickly this is going. We are talking with Tommy Powers and his expertise is traffic and conversion. And we talked about video ads in this segment. We talked about YouTube and Facebook. We talked about the importance of having an audience, knowing your audience, knowing your message and having a solid offer and mistakes that people make in the next segment. I absolutely want to ask uh, the importance of outsourcing because you can't make lots and lots of money doing everything by yourself. I want to ask him about how he deals with distractions during his day because they're, you know, business owners, especially if you're working by yourself, you have to deal with all that. So we will talk about so much more when we come back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. To motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. 
This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.brienkwright.com for more information. Once again, that's brienkwright.com. Looking for the perfect destination in Costa Rica, Panama, or Thailand? Concerned about the economy and looking for an escape plan? Then you need to go to escapeartist.com and learn how you can live, work, invest, retire, or do business overseas. Escape Artist has the perfect plan for you. Join our 400,000 readers and get your free subscription to Escape from America magazine. Visit www.escapefromamerica.com and create your escape plan right now. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Tommy Powers, and we are talking about converting traffic. And once again, if you have not checked out my book, Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, you can find it on Amazon, and you can find it in your Barnes & Noble bookstore and any other fine retailer out there. So, Tommy, let me ask you, and this is a little off-the-wall question, but what's your superpower? What do you think your superpower is? Data. Um, Just being able to recognize patterns in data. That's really, really what it is. That's important in your line of work. Really important. Extremely. Awesome. So you deal with a lot of larger clients. I would love to explore the process of, of, or you've worked with large clients. I want to explore the process of how those partnerships came together. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, uh, it started, it just snowballed really over time. I mean, you kick butt for people and they brag about you. That was really my my strategy has always been this. You know, I've learned this ever since I was young. Probably I learned it from, I, I want to say like my uncle or someone in my family taught me this. But it's like, if you create it where other people brag on you, you never have to brag on yourself. Mm. So that's just kind of how I treat everything that I've done. And so I've just done that with people. They brag to people. And now those people say, hey, such and such told me how you da 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 and then next thing you know, you're working with another guy, and then you're just leveling up, and I'm, every time you're leveling up, and next thing you know, you're working with these guys with, you know, $50,000 a day budgets, $100,000 a day budgets. It's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So you're not really doing client work anymore. How did that evolution happen for you? Uh, it's kind of like what I was just talking about. Like, you know, you're going through this progression and you, you, you're working with these people and you're really transforming these businesses, right? Like, um, you know, going through that. And the other part of it was like, you know, the Silicon Valley experience. So I, I was able to spend a lot of time there for about two years. I worked with this company called 500 Startups and I was there mentoring a lot of like startup, you know, VC backed companies. And, you know, just that experience really reshaped my mindset on how 
wealth is created in our in in, in America, you know, and mm-hmm. I just kind of saw that and was like, yo, this is crazy. Like, you know, I'm making all of these other people this, you know, so it just kind of reframed my mindset. Um, but just got to the point where it's like, wow, like I'm taking these businesses that are barely breaking seven figures and now they're doing multiple eight figures and I don't own any of them, you know, and they can walk away and they own the brand. They own everything, the customer list, the whole nine, you know, and one mm-hmm. of my clients, you know, did like $50 million last year. One of my former clients, you know, mm-hmm. when I was working, started working with them, they were barely breaking seven figures. So it's like, I can't take credit for all of that, but just what I know that I did and the value that I created, it was just, a, it just broke. That was just like the thing for me. I was just like, I can't do that anymore. I need to be doing this for my own stuff. And so right. I started, you know, I just, the pain of doing that just became so great that there wasn't another way. Like I had to stop doing that. You awesome. Know? Yeah. Totally understand. So let's just say someone is brand new and they want to start an online business and they want to explore uh, marketing. Okay. I know it probably depends very much on what it is they're trying to do, if it's a product or service and a lot of variables. But what would you? What would your advice be to someone who's starting brand new in, in an internet marketing business from a marketing standpoint? So they don't, have a biz they want to start a marketing related internet business or or they have a business and they want to know how to market it oh so yeah i think it's uh you know obviously yeah there's a lot of factors in that but i think it starts with if you're you know if you're already selling so if they're already selling their whatever they're doing they're making money they're just not doing it on the internet um mm-hmm. uh, you're in a great place but if you have something that you're just starting brand new and you haven't sold it in, at all, first thing you got to do is find somebody to give you some money for it. Until people give you money for it, you don't really have anything. That's true. That's, yep. you know, that's always the, and people will say, you know, you don't have to go on the internet. Like there's, you know, stuff right in your own backyard and your local area that you can do to like talk to people to get people to say, you know, get feedback. I'm a big believer in that. The book, The Lean Startup, that's one of my favorite books. Um, And part of that lean startup process is, you know, that feedback. You got to do something, a minimum viable product to get it out to people so you can get some feedback. So that's kind of where I start with. It's like, I have something, I want to sell it. I need to try to get some feedback first. You know, what is my price point right or wrong? Do people even want this thing or not? You know, until you get people giving you money, I mean, there's no point of trying to do all of this other, you know, crazy stuff that you hear people doing online if you don't even have something that people will actually give you money for. Absolutely. So let's talk about the importance of outsourcing because it's hard to build a big business all by yourself. So what kinds of things do you outsource in your business and how do you decide who to work with? Um, so outsourcing, um, I've never been a huge, like outsourcing has never been a big, like home run thing for me. Mm. Um, I've always had a challenge with, um, letting go, (laughs) you know what I mean? So, um, so what I, what works for me now is I have people locally that I work with that I can go and sit down and meet face to face with and have a conversation and communicate with. Um, but, uh, outsourcing the challenge with outsourcing too is, you know, and here's where we're learning now with a lot of the stuff that I'm working on now, 
SOPs, man. Like, I have it all in my brain. That's why other people, that's why outsourcing has been such a difficult thing for me to really nail because I haven't really been good in my SOPs. And so now I'm forced to do that now, you know, so when I get outside of an agency and you're running a business that you own or you vested into and you got employees and things like that, now I'm starting to see like, okay, like I need to create a situation where if this employee walked out of the door right now, do I have the something in place where I can plug someone else in? Yeah. So it's just a different mindset now, and I'm starting to see why I struggled with outsourcing. And I wouldn't say I struggled with it because I did well, but really what I, the way that I did well with it was finding other agencies or other contractors to work with who kind of already had their systems mm-hmm. rather than me saying, let me create a system and give it to somebody that never that never did as well for me, at least outside of the traffic stuff. Right. So the traffic stuff I could create the systems and do. But you know, obviously there's more to running a business than traffic. That right. was stuff that, you know, operations and things like that. I've always struggled with that stuff. Yeah. For example, for me, I outsource my graphic design work because I'm terrible at that stuff and I don't have time to figure it out. Yep. So I just pay someone else who does that all day long and they're happy and so am I and we're all good. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. So let me ask you about the the challenges of, of staying disciplined and dealing with distractions. Maybe not discipline so much, but the idea of outer distractions coming at you all the time. How do you manage that or filter that out? Because everyone wants your time, especially when you're good. It's a struggle. <laughs> it's just like I know people out there listening and they think, you know, hey, we all the same. Like we all deal with the same stuff. It's a challenge, man. Like I can't sit here and say I figured it out because I haven't. Like mm-hmm. it, there's always a, you know, I just try to look at, you know, I try to understand the value of my time. You know, that says that has been big for me because now I can look at something and say, Mm, that's not worth my time. You know, yeah. even in a best case scenario, it's like, mm, that's not worth my time. So yeah. because I understand the value of my time, you know, probably yeah. not fully understand the value of my time, but I have a really good grasp on that. Um, yeah. That's really about the thing that's really the, done the best, but it's still difficult, man. It's yeah. hard, dude. You have to set boundaries, yes. good boundaries. Yes. And you have to train other people to respect those boundaries. And sometimes 100%. it's hard, especially when it's your family. Yep. Oh, that's the number one, right? Yes. So you work at home then, right? So your family is around you all the time while you're trying to work. Yeah, well, it's different now. I mean, and I do have an office that I can go to outside of the house, you know, so two, three days a week I'm out of the house. But my kids are older now. My youngest Mm. is 10. My my oldest daughter is 12 and my son is 15. So I've been doing this 11 years, so they pretty much all they know is what I do. So I've been able to, like, over the years, really train them, and they understand, like, dad's in his office. He's probably working. I can't just bust in and right. text him. Or, you know, like, we got these little things that we do that helps with that. You know, but it's, it, it can be tough sometimes. But my kids are a, little, a lot older now, and they really yeah. respect because they understand that, you know, whatever dad's doing is going to make my life better. Like, I want some new Jordans. So I better yeah. leave dad alone so he can make money so he can buy me some new, you know what I mean? Like, that's how they yeah. think. You know, Absolutely. Like so it's funny. Absolutely. So what do you think makes a successful entrepreneur in terms of habits, in terms of mindset? I mean, I think mindset is everything. Um, you know, habits, definitely, like, like habits is very important because I'll be honest, like, 
I'm constantly working on developing better habits. Um, you know, and I think, like I said, you know, entrepreneur to me, a real true entrepreneur that I'm inspired by is someone that creates opportunities for other people, someone who creates jobs, you know, and then they leverage, you know, that entrepreneurship to make the world a better place to be able to, you know, so to me, like if I'm just, you know, being a one man band for a long time, probably, you know, the first three or four years, I'm like doing everything. I never really felt full and worthy of calling myself an entrepreneur, really. It wasn't until I started giving other people's job jobs and paying people to do things where I started really feeling like I was a real entrepreneur. Yeah. And there's something pretty magical and liberating about that versus sitting in someone else's cubicle and, and helping them fulfill their goals instead of fulfilling yours. Yeah. I oh, my gosh. Yep. Absolutely. I certainly understand that. How do you handle fear? Because I think we all have our fears around things and we sometimes wonder if it's going to work. Uh, how do you how do you handle those demons? I embrace failure, man. Failure is 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 one of the places, one of the few places where real true breakthrough uh, exists. Um, and being in the game that I'm in, I fail a lot. So even though I'm really good at what I do, you know, sometimes people are shocked when I tell them, you know, that I still fail a lot, you know, but I understand that's part of the process. And yes. I embrace that because the failure gives me the data. So whether I'm successful or failure, I'm getting data. And what yeah. the data is going to say, well, you failed. And it's like, well, why did I fail? And if I can find some reason in the data, now I don't have to do that anymore. So the next time I try that, that's one less thing that I won't mess up. So if I do 10 times, 20 times, by the time I'm 10 or 20 times in, I'm, I'm going to be way better off. Than, than I was. And so failure, that's where those breakthroughs really exist. So I embrace it. Fantastic. We're coming up against our final break. I cannot believe how quickly the show is going. We are talking to Tommy Powers and we are talking about converting traffic into sales. We've been talking about a lot of different things. And in the final segment, we're going to talk about a course that he offers called Video Ads Academy. So if you have ever wondered how to do a really great video ad campaign, we'll talk more about that and how he can help you through his course right after this. This is Success Profiles Radio. to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Do you have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep? I know that drugs can be addictive and cause a hangover the next day. That's why you need the Sleep Band. The Sleep Band helps you fall asleep quickly and easily and for a longer period of time. This results in a more restful and peaceful night's sleep, which is something all of us need. With the Sleep Band, you will wake up fresh and alert, ready to begin your day. You can get your Sleep Band and other great healing products by visiting HealingFrequencyProducts.com. Check it out today for a better sleep tomorrow. HealingFrequencyProducts.com. This is the Tokinet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. It's Virgin Oh, Nairo Critty. 
lives or the people who study dreams tell us that the kind of television you watched as a child can affect your dreams today. For instance, if you had a black and white TV, you might be prone to colorless dreams. I'm pretty sure I dream in color, but my friends say it's a pigment of my imagination. It has been suggested the type of cheese you eat can also impact your dreams. This might be a bit hard to digest, but a study conducted by the British Cheese Board discovered that people who ate cheddar cheese dreamt more about celebrities, while folks who ate blue cheese experienced more bizarre dreams. A bad dream could give you matatulapia, or the bad mood you experience when you get up on the wrong side of the bed. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Tommy Powers. We've been talking about converting traffic into sales. We've talked about video marketing. Uh, Go back and listen if you want to hear any part of this again. But video ads, obviously, is a huge part of your expertise, Tommy. And you created a course called Video Ads Academy. Tell us about that and what can people expect? Yeah, Video Ads Academy, man, is just, you know, um, I started doing that in 2014, um, like I say, by 2014, I had spent my first million dollars on YouTube specifically. Um, and that's right around the time we, you know, Facebook kind of started coming on the scene with video ads as well. But, um, you know, a friend of mine was like, yo, you know, I started telling people and what was crazy is that I was looking for other people to mastermind with and trade ideas, you know, trade notes with and whatnot. And, I'm talking to like people like all the way up the food chain and folks just like fascinated because it's like no one's talking about this. So one of my buddies was like, dude, you should like totally create a course, you know, because you're really the real deal and you should put this out there and you could like really use this as a positioning tool. And I'm just like, whatever, like I ain't really like giving no thought at first. But then he was like, yo, if you do the webinar, I'm going to promote your webinar. And so my buddy, like he got a big list, like he's got probably like couple hundred thousand people on his list or whatever. And he was like, I'll promote your webinar. And I was like, okay, I'm about to go do a webinar, you know? So that's kind of really how I did it. I got it out there, but, um, it kind of started then I ran video ads Academy for about two years Mm -hmm. and then I took a hiatus for a while. Um, so I really just reopened it recently. Um, but in essence, it's just pretty much, you know, everything that I've done, you know, is heavily focused on YouTube. I also have, uh, some some stuff around Facebook as well because we start getting into Facebook um, probably yeah probably like fourteen maybe like twenty fifteen we started really doing some Facebook stuff um, but it's heavily geared toward YouTube because you know that's that information really is just not out there like that whereas you know there are a lot of Facebook guys and courses and things like that so a lot of people look to me because the YouTube aspect you know I have like such a unique kind of perspective on it and that's kind of what I try to deliver um through the program. Yeah. Are is this something that tends to change a lot? Do you have to update the course on a regular basis or is it what you what you see is what you get and it's pretty much standard all the way through? 
Nah, it's it, it's it's a lot of things have changed. Um, matter of fact, when you talk strategy, um, a lot of the strategies that I've used for years are very much similar. Um, but the way that we execute them, you know, is somewhat different. And so really what I'm in the doing at this moment is we're literally going through and updating, you know, a lot of stuff and putting some new training in there. And then I have a live event that I'm doing, uh, you know, May 17th and 18th. And with that event, like we're going to really kind of, you know, share pretty much everything, you know what I mean? Like, um, it can be overwhelming. And so part of it too, what I've been able to do is break it down. So video ads Academy, what I was learning when I initially did it, it was just a big brain dump, you know? And so it was overwhelming. And so what I had to learn how to do, you know, people would ask me, you know, well, what if I'm just starting or what if I just, what if, so I started realizing, okay, I got to create kind of like these micro programs inside of the program. You know, mm-hmm. so so that's kind of where I'm at now. It's like creating these kind of micro programs inside of a program, you know, based on, OK, you want to just get going with YouTube. We recommend you start targeting specific YouTube videos and we have a whole program around that. Yeah. You know, if you want to go start it on Facebook, we recommend you do a sequence. Um, so we creating the whole program around that. We also yeah. do like remarketing. Um, so we have a remarketing program that I'm working on right now. Cause what we do when we remarketing people, um, specifically on YouTube and Facebook, um, what we found that works very well, we use what's called objection stacking. Um, so basically a lot of people will just create one ad, they'll push it out and that's what they'll do with their remarketing. And then they'll just hit people with that same ad over and over and over again, you know, after they've been to their website. Well, what we know with video is that it's a really powerful medium to create conversations. So now what we do is we try to figure out what's the objections that people have or why they don't want to convert. And then we use video as a mechanism to communicate with them about those objections. So there may be two or three of those. So now we're creating a whole program kind of around that. And so it's like these little specific things that that people need. And, you know, this through this process, I've learned that. Because my my knowledge is wide and deep, you know what yes, I mean. Exactly. And so I need to categorize it, and that's kind of what we're in the process of doing now is categorizing things so people can come through and they can choose the path for their specific need. You know, and yeah. that's kind of what we're working on. Yeah. Right. So if someone wants to learn more about Video Ads Academy, how can they do that? Videoadsacademy.com. Well, how um, easy is that? Yeah, pretty, pretty <laughs> simple. Video ads with the S A D S in Academy. Dot com is pretty 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 straightforward. Fantastic uh, success story. I mean, you've had tons of success stories, but is there one favorite? Um, man, that's quite a few. I mean, my biggest, I would say, my the one that I'm probably the most proud of, um, is company Organifi. Um, I basically help these guys uh, use YouTube ads to really blow their brand up. Um, mm-hmm. I want to say they did something like fifty million last year, some crazy number like that. Um, but uh, we we really like significantly boosted that business on YouTube. We went from they didn't even have a hundred thousand subscribers to up to the point where I stopped working with them. They had like they got over five hundred thousand subscribers on their channel. Um, they doing like stupid amazing revenue 
Um, and all around is just a great company. And um, you know, we really, they hit the Inc. 5000, uh, you know, fastest growing companies. It's just crazy. So I'm super proud of what we accomplished together. So, yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. So, Tommy, what has surprised you the most about your journey? Nothing, honestly. Like, I expected, uh, I'll say this, it probably took longer than I thought, but I've always expected that I would be where, you know, where I am. And But I'm not where I believe that I'm going to be, but I'm, I know that I'm going to be. I'm just not there yet. Yep. So I'm not really surprised other than that it's taking longer than I thought. You know what I mean? But. That's about it. Well, it's all about it. It's a journey, just, you know, like I said. So it's it's a journey. It's always a work in progress, and that's fantastic. So what are some of your favorite resources that you use in your business? Favorite resources that are Upwork, uh, Fiverr, um, uh, what was the, uh, gosh, I'm thinking about it right now, and I can't even call the name on it. Um I'm going to think about Let me think about something else because I'm going to get stuck yeah. on that. Do you use Evernote? I don't. I yeah, use I, Google I, Docs. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I've been on Evernote and I've got a few things on there. I love Upwork. I love Fiverr. In fact, that's where I get my graphic design stuff done. Uh, but yeah, it's fantastic. I love that. And you know what? I'm old school. I love Microsoft Excel. <laughs> when I learned gotcha. how to use Excel, I thought I was so powerful, all the things it can do. It's just fantastic. I love it. Right. So, so let me ask if you could give advice to the 18 year old version of yourself, what would you tell him? Man, I would say, uh, fail early and fail often embrace failure. Um, you know, uh, don't, don't waste time on senseless stuff. Like really take advantage of the opportunities in front of you. Cause like, I squandered so many opportunities. Um, mm. It's ridiculous. Um, you know, I was really, I was really blessed, man. I grew up in a small town in Mississippi, but I grew up in a college town. So Mississippi yeah. State University is the largest university in the state of Mississippi. Yeah. Um, we play football in the SEC, so you know you can imagine the magnitude of the revenue that flows into that to that yeah. community. Um, and I grew up there and. Um, the spillover effect as well from um, the international, you know, people from all over the world, you know, descending on this little small town. So it's a really unique, um, you know, community. And, uh, man, I took it for granted, you know, and, and if I were to do it all over again, I would totally, I would leverage that. You know, I would really take advantage of that and not squander because I was intelligent and, and I had a lot of people willing to help me, you know, to be honest, like I can say that with confidence. Like I had a lot, like that whole NASA thing was my physics teacher in 11th grade pulled me to the side and he was like, your mind is so brilliant. Like I have someone that I want you to talk to. He sent me out on campus to talk to this guy, Dr. Keith Koenig, who was the, one of the leading aerospace engineers in the world. He happened to work there. He telling me about this program, this NASA thing. They gave me this test, this, that, and the third in my junior year in high school, I was in this program, you know, all because this teacher was just like, you, your, your mind is so brilliant. I really think that this would be amazing for you. And it yeah. was an amazing experience. So mm -hmm. I always had people like that in my life, you know, but I squandered the NASA thing, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I, I screwed that up because yeah. I was partying, getting drunk and all kind of crazy stuff. And, and I wasn't keeping my grades up and whatnot. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Okay. We're less than two minutes until the end. So here's the question I ask everyone, Tommy, who inspires and motivates you? Elon Musk. Mm. I mean, this guy is like, this dude be like thinking he can do the impossible, man. Like, I'm going to put man on Mars. Yeah. It's like, who says that? Like, what is what is it that this guy is drinking or eating or what? Like, where does he get? And he really, like, believe he can do this, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. I believe he's probably going to do it. Yeah, I do, too. But who thinks that way? Like, to me, that that, that thinking is, like, I'm trying to understand, like, you know what I mean? Because I'm, it's crazy, man. So that yeah. it, it inspires me because how big he thinks and the fact that he really believes he can do these things, um, it's, it's inspiring. Absolutely. And uh, I do want to ask one more question. What is, we got less than a minute. What is your favorite or most influential book that you've read? Most influential book that I've read. Oh, I would probably say The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. That was the first time I really understood the difference between being uh, a technician in my business or working on my business. And it was like, holy crap, I'm a, no wonder I can't grow this thing. Like, I'm working in the business and I'm not able to work on it, you know, and that yep. was really a big thing for me. And that was probably what, 2010, 2011. Okay. And a lot changed after that. Yep. Absolutely. We are at the end. So Tommy, how can we find you? How can we vibe with you and try with you? Tommy traffic. Um, just search me on that. You can find me on Facebook. You can find my website. I mean, I'm pretty easy to find Tommy with the IE uh, traffic. Like I'm pretty easy to find. Fantastic. Thank you for being here. And thanks all of you for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Please join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview world-class achievers, learn how they succeeded and what we can learn from their journey. Until next time, take care, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how